0: Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Wednesday, February 12th, I'm Andrea Linares. These are today's headlines. New questions today over the Justice Department's decision to reverse sentencing recommendations for one of President Trump's allies. In New Hampshire, Senator Bernie Sanders narrowly edging out Pete Buttigieg for a victory in the nation's first Democratic primary. A new video shows controversial use of force inside a private immigration detention facility in California, renewing criticism of the federal government's reliance on private groups to enforce immigration policies. This and much more today on You News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. We start things off today with the firestorm surrounding the case of former Donald Trump associate Roger Stone and his conviction in the 2016 Russian interference scandal. Top officials in the Department of Justice moved to lessen the sentencing recommendations of career prosecutors after President Trump publicly criticized their call for a lengthy jail term. The four lead prosecutors then quitting the case in protest, one even resigning from the Justice Department. Carolina Sarasa has more.
1: The big question in Washington, did President Trump pressure Justice Department prosecutors to propose a lenient prison sentence for his longtime friend and advisor Roger Stone? Trump denies it.
2: I'd be able to do it if I wanted. I have the absolute right to do it. Uh, I stay out of things. Uh, to a degree that people wouldn't believe, but I didn't speak to him.
1: But the president did lash out at the four prosecutors on the case, who recommended to a judge that Stone serve seven to nine years in prison for witness tampering, lying to Congress, and obstructing a congressional investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election.
2: I thought the recommendation was ridiculous. I thought the whole prosecution was ridiculous.
1: And Trump doubled down on Twitter, calling the recommended sentence, horrible and very unfair, and declared that this miscarriage of justice cannot be allowed. So just hours later, in a surprise move, the Justice Department abruptly changed course, pulling the recommended sentence, a senior justice official echoing Trump, calling it extreme and excessive. And then a true shocker, all four prosecutors announced they were quitting Stone's case, a protest without precedent in department history. Finally, a new prosecutor came in and told the court seven to nine years for Stone, quote, will not be appropriate. Carolina Saraza, Unions.
0: Washington is still reeling over the DOJ's decision. And this morning, the White House's deputy press secretary reiterated that President Trump was not involved in the sentencing recommendation. Let's go to Ra- Janet Rodriguez with the latest from the White House on this. Janet, what do
3: we know? Right, and the White House insists that the president did not give a direct order to the Justice Department, that he did not speak directly to Attorney General Barr, and he was not involved in this, that it was only his opinion when he tweeted that this recommendation was unfair. But that's not enough explanation to the Democrats in Congress who are asking for an immediate investigation. They are asking for the Department of Justice's um, inspector general to investigate the case. And furthermore, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer is asking for his mind for the majority there, especially for Senator Lindsey Graham to call an immediate uh, hearing on this case. Uh, They say that what the president did was political interference, that it needs to be legally investigated. However, we've been talking to legal experts today who tell us that there may not be a legal case here because it could be just an opinion and the president was stating over Twitter and it would be very hard to prove intent that the president was trying to give a direct order to the Justice Department and interfere. the president himself doesn't seem to be very concerned about how this looks for the White House, for the Justice Department, Sort the separation of powers today. He went further on the attack, congratulating attorney Barr for getting involved in the sentencing recommendation and pressing on with the attacks against the prosecutors, calling them rogue, asking if they may be rogue, also uh, criticizing the judge in this case. The judge, in the case of Stone, will have the final say on how much time he gets, if any, behind Barr.
0: Janet, the president also said on Tuesday that Lieutenant Vindman may face disciplinary action for testifying during the
3: impeachment hearings. What can you tell us about that? That's right. He is hinting that the Pentagon may go ahead and investigate Vindman. Let's remember that Vindman was forced out of his National Security Council job here at the White House after that, after the president basically got his acquittal from Congress. He took action against Vindman, against Sonnen as well, the uh, former now um, ambassador to the European Union, and saying that Vindman should be investigated because he testified wrongly what he says was not correct information to the Congress when he did go in front of uh, uh, a hearing there at the House of Representatives. So we'll see what transpires many in Congress calling again this another political interference, a retaliation against Vindman for doing his job and going to Congress with information that was pertinent to that investigation. Back to you. Thank you Janet Rodriguez, excellent reporting from Washington DC. And for more on
0: the Roger Stone case, let's go to Patrick Cotter. He's a former federal prosecutor. Patrick thank Thanks so much for joining us on U New News.
2: Happy to be here.
0: So, what's your reaction to all the news regarding the Department of Justice revising Stone's sentencing recommendation?
2: It's an unprecedented intrusion of politics into what is supposed to be a impartial administration of justice. And I can think of no precedent in this country's history for such actions. You have to go to places like Russia and Iran to find precedents for political involvement and criminal prosecutions that look like this.
0: Now we are hearing from the president a denial. He says he did not interfere, but he would be able to do so if he wanted to. So is that statement accurate?
2: No, that's incorrect. The president has no role in the decision-making of individual prosecutors as to the legal position that they are entitled to take. There has never been a president who has done that. There is no legal precedent for it. There's no statutory precedent for it. Uh, He is not a king. Uh, He is he is suggesting that because he's the president, he can direct any federal employee in any way. That's simply not the law and it's not the American tradition. It's certainly not DOJ practice or policy uh, since the inception of this nation.
0: DOJ officials told CNN that the original recommendation was not communicated to the department's leaders before it was submitted and that the seven to nine year sentence was excessive. What's your take on that?
2: The seven to nine year uh, sentence is within the sentencing guidelines, which are the rules imposed by Congress on the criminal justice system to tell courts what a normal sentencing range would be. So to suggest that it was excessive is simply false. Uh, Reasonable people can differ about whether it was a harsh or light sentence. But to suggest that it was outside the norm is is factually incorrect. It was within the sentencing guidelines.
0: Ultimately, though, the judge in the case, Amy Berman Jackson, will have the final say. Now, we do know that she's an Obama appointee who has also overseen other cases in the Mueller investigation, for example, including the case against uh, Paul Manafort. So what are you expecting to see?
2: Judge Jackson is one of the most distinguished and respected judges in the federal judiciary, and I expect that she will exercise her independent judgment, which she is required to do. The government only makes recommendations, as does the defense. It is always up to the judge to determine what the appropriate sentence will be. Uh, I have no doubts that she will impose what she believes to be the legal and just sentence, but this action— By the Department of Justice and the president uh, has certainly tainted uh, this entire legal proceeding.
0: Four prosecutors quit the case, two of them quitting the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office altogether. What does that say to you about the situation going on in the DOJ?
2: It is a crisis. It is a crisis about the credibility of our Department of Justice. It is a crisis about the credibility of our entire justice system. I can think of no precedent for four prosecutors in a case like this resigning. That is an amazingly strong and courageous step on their part, and I think it should send alarm bells throughout the entire nation.
0: I'm sure we will continue talking about this case. Thanks so much, former federal prosecutor Patrick Cotter, for your time and for your complete analysis. You're very welcome. Thank you. And President Trump pulled his nomination for Jesse Liu to serve in a top Treasury position. According to three sources, the abrupt withdrawal comes on the same day four prosecutors, as we just said, withdrew from their involvement in Roger Stone's case. That happened after the Justice Department reduced the government's recommended sentence against Roger Stone. Liu is a former attorney who headed the office that oversaw Stone's prosecution. Trump nominated her in December to serve as a Treasury Department's UNDERSECRETARY FOR TERRORISM AND FINANCIAL CRIMES. AND NOW TO SOME BIG DEVELOPMENTS IN THE RACE FOR THE WHITE HOUSE. THE RESULTS NOW IN FROM THE FIRST PRIMARY IN THE NATION. Bernie Sanders pulling ahead, winning New Hampshire with Pete Buttigieg just close behind. And Amy Klobuchar exceeding expectations coming in third after her strong debate performance. But Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden disappointed with their results at the bottom of the top five. Fabiola Galindo has the latest details.
4: That's right, a very contested election night and a decisive victory by Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. Also surprises, coming in a strong third place, Senator Amy Klobuchar. This victory here is the beginning of the end for Donald Trump. Senator Bernie Sanders with a narrow Granite State victory. It's on to win the Democratic nomination. Sanders consolidating support from the left but coming in a close second. <inaudible> former South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg. A campaign that
5: some said shouldn't be here at all has shown that we are here to stay.
4: Buttigieg making the case for a new generation of leadership putting forward a new
5: perspective is how democrats win the white house and we will win the white house
4: and a surprise third place finisher we have beaten the odds every step of the way (laughs) fueled by her strong debate performance senator amy klobuchar bolted into the top tier hello america I'm Amy Klobuchar, and I will beat Donald Trump. <laughs> Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren needed a boost close to home. Warren, Warren, Warren. At fourth place, she fell short, but she's still going to fight to the finish.
2: Our campaign
4: is built for the long haul,
2: and we are just getting started.
4: And the one-time front-runner fallen, former Vice President Joe Biden coming in a distant fifth, speaking to supporters from South Carolina.
6: It ain't over, man. We're
1: just getting started.
4: Now, most of the candidates have already left New Hampshire, headed to the next states, Nevada and South Carolina, where the next caucuses and primaries are taking place in the next two weeks. Reporting from New Hampshire, Fabiola Galindo, U News. Thank you, Fabiola Galindo,
0: for following the primary so closely. And after the results in the Democratic New Hampshire primary, three candidates already suspended their campaigns. The businessman, Andrew Yang, officially dropped out of the 2020 presidential race after a very disappointing performance. Also, Colorado Senator Michael Bennett suspended his presidential bid as early results from New Hampshire's primary showed him failing to break out of the crowded Democratic field. Finally, today, former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick, the latest African-American in the Democratic presidential primary ended his campaign. let's talk about health. The death toll from the coronavirus has now surpassed 1000 and over 45,000 have been infected worldwide. In London, a patient who infected many others in different countries before even being diagnosed has now been released from the hospital. And in China, meanwhile, people are starting to head back to work after entire cities were practically put into lockdown for weeks. Orangasides has a very goodest In good California,
7: details. after two weeks in quarantine, the first group of evacuees from Wuhan are now free. A Riverside County official tweeting this graduation-like photo in celebration. Tyler and Christiana from Denver are relieved and ready to go home.
2: We're grateful that we did do the full quarantine yeah. in a way because at first I was kind of nervous to go back to my family. Like, what if I did get them sick? So now we're... You know, we're probably the safest people to be around
1: because we've been (laughs) medically checked for 14 14 days.
7: In the U.S. so far, 13 people have been diagnosed with coronavirus. They either visited Hubei province or live with someone who did. We do not have widespread transmission here in the United States, and we are currently operating under a strategy of trying to delay the arrival of individual cases and to slow the spread of cases should they occur. The CDC says they're taking all necessary precautions to avoid or delay a massive spread of the virus. We have exercised large-scale federal quarantine in this outbreak for the first time in more than 50 years since smallpox days. And that is really because we were bringing individuals um, out of the hot spot in Hubei province with those charter flights, and we're not sure whether it was really safe to release those individuals into their home communities. According to the World Health Organization, the coronavirus could have a catastrophic impact on the world.
3: A virus can have more powerful consequences than any
2: terrorist action.
7: On the Diamond Princess cruise ship quarantined off the coast of Japan, the total of infections is now at 174, making it the largest cluster of cases outside of mainland China. Today is day six. We haven't been feeling our appetite has gone away. Melanie and John Harry have been trapped in their cabin without access to a window, getting access to fresh air once every four days. John's temperature reaching 103 degrees. He got a great big bucket of ice
2: and then we're doing uh, cold compresses on John.
7: A German health official is warning the world that the number of infections will get worse before we start seeing a decline in cases. But in China, the government is reporting that they have started to see a downward trend in new cases. That's the information we have so far. Andrea, now back to you.
0: Thank you, Lorraine, for that report. So scary to see so many illnesses out there. And now to California, where a new video has been released of detention officers pepper spraying a group of migrant detainees at a private immigration detention center. The incident took place after a group of Central American migrants decided to go on a hunger strike to protest conditions at that facility. Well, one of those former detainees recently won a settlement against the private prison company. Dulce Castellanos spoke with him about this incident.
5: Doused with pepper spray, dragged and placed in hot showers by the guards at the Adelanto Detention Center in California was the bitter experience Isaac Lopez and a group of Central American immigrants lived for participating in a peaceful protest. They threatened us, they covered us in pepper spray and beat us along the way against the doors and walls, he said. Isaac is from El Salvador and he was one of the asylum seekers that can be seen in this video captured in June 2017 when they tried to denounce the conditions at the facility to an ICE official. As soon as we entered, the clothes we were given, the undergarments were stained. They were previously used. But it was not over then. As a punishment, they were placed in solitary confinement. The group won a financial settlement after suing the guards and the company, the GEO Group, for utilizing excessive force, negligence, and violating their civil rights. Everyone in the United States has the right to the First Amendment to express their opinion that's a right they had, said this immigration attorney. For nearly a decade, ICE has maintained a contract with the GEO Group to run the facility, but an ICE spokesperson said they cannot comment on pending litigation. Meanwhile, a spokesperson said Gio strongly rejects the allegations outlined in the lawsuit. After what he experienced, Isaac decided to go to Mexico. Yo mucho I'm still terrified to go to El Salvador. He says the dreams that were broken in his home country and later in the United States, he will now try to rebuild in Tijuana. In Los Angeles, Dulce Castellanos, U News. The
0: international organization Doctors Without Borders has released a scathing new report. It details the dire physical and mental health impacts of new migration policies being implemented by the U.S. and Mexican governments. As Nidia Cavazos explains, the group says migrants are being put in danger and that situation needs to end.
6: A year has passed since the Mexican government agreed to allow migrants seeking asylum in the United States to wait in Mexico for their cases to be decided. More than 60,000 asylum seekers have been sent back, and many have been through hell, especially in Tamaulipas. They tried to take the kids away from me. I also received threats from the people I've been running away from. Entering Mexico, I came here for the first time.
7: I was kidnapped in Nuevo Laredo.
6: A new report by Doctors Without Borders reveals that between January and September of last year, eight out of ten people they treated in Nuevo Laredo suffered some type of violence. Furthermore, in September alone, more than 56 percent of the migrants they treated said they had been kidnapped or been subjected to attempted kidnapping. But the October figure is even more alarming. 75 percent of the migrants they assisted were deprived of their freedom. Doctors Without Borders has visited several migrant shelters by the border between Mexico and the United States. The organization's head of mental health in Mexico described the physical and psychological wounds that organized crime can have on those leaving their home countries
4: behind. They
6: receive long-term damage due to lesions on the frontal lobe or the speech area of the brain or cases in the LGBTQ population, uh, they have been mutilated. That's why the non-governmental organization is demanding an end to the Stay in Mexico program now, because the alternative is not good to wait for the court months and months without knowing if we are going to be deported. They are sending them to places where they themselves tell their fellow citizens not to travel because it is like going to Syria or Afghanistan. And Mexico for U News, Jessica Cermeño, this is Nidia Cavazos. More of U News after this short break.
0: Welcome back to U News. In Cuba, the rape of an eight-year-old girl over the weekend in Santiago provoked a lynching attempt that then turned into a battle with police forces. According to several witnesses on social media, residents surrounded a house where the alleged rapist was living in order to take justice into their own hands. Despite the tense standoff, locals then began to throw stones at the police, who then fired several shots. No word on injuries or the man accused of that rape. In Honduras, authorities today arrested the head of the National Police, accusing him and his wife of money laundering. The couple was arrested at a home in Tegucigalpa, the capital. Authorities seized two cars and financial documents. Leonel Luciano Sauceda began his career with the National Police in 1992 and was appointed head of police just two weeks ago. Venezuela's opposition leader and the man regarded as interim president by a number of countries around the world is gearing up for the next stage of his campaign to oust Nicolás Maduro on Tuesday after returning home from a risky tour abroad that included a meeting with President Trump. Juan Guaidó's trip was made despite a travel ban imposed on him by Maduro. The scene was chaotic as he returned to Caracas, but he was not detained. And a recent study by scientists in Peru has found that the waters of the Chihyeon River on the outskirts of Lima are loaded with pollutants. This after experts performed an analysis that spanned several weeks last November. Biologists finding that the river had 12 times the maximum permissible levels of pollutants for drinking water. The most concerning pollutant in the river was E. coli, a type of bacteria commonly found in the guts and also in the feces of many animals. The Chiyon River accounts for at least 10% of the water used in the capital city. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.